Hi, and welcome to the Fashion and the Free podcast, the show that pulls back the curtains of the fashion industry to reveal what really goes on behind closed doors, as well as teaching you some tips and tricks of the trade. I'm your host, Emma Golly, a fashion designer, consultant, and founder of Fashion and the Free. In this episode, I'm going to be talking to my first guest on the podcast, designer Sean Cabezas. Loyal fans of Fashion and the Free will remember Sean from the article we did with him in 2020 on his experience studying at one of the most prestigious fashion schools in America, Parsons. Sean has had an incredible career so far with fashion brands such as Gap, BCBG and Lisa Perry under his belt. From LA to New York, Sean has seen his career grow from strength to strength. But of course, as with any career journey, there has been some major highs and tests of strength along the way. After 11 years of working in fashion, he is here to tell us the importance of staying true to yourself in the fashion industry and how to always trust your gut. I hope many of you will find Sean's story and advice just as valuable and inspiring as I did. So I'm going to jump right into this. What do you think staying true to yourself in the fashion industry actually means? Like, What does it mean to you? You know, I, it's, it's hard because I feel like everybody's experience is going to be slightly different, right? Everybody's personality, everybody's way of doing things is different. Everybody's path is different. And I think it comes with experience, right? Like you kind of gain that confidence of putting your foot down, um, seeing things happen where it was coming from me first, the inspiration and it working over time at every job I've been at. And it's just kind of given me the confidence in my current situation where I was just like, you know what, I've been through this and I kind of know like where my intuition has led me in the right direction. You know, I know it sounds very like it's, it's, you know, it's hard to intellectualize, you know what I mean? Like yeah. um, what's the, it? not everybody's going to see what you see basically and you know I think it just comes with conviction and and trial and error you know I think yeah. you learn along the way where what works and what doesn't and what your strengths are and where you need to ask for help or opinions and I feel like you know even with more so than now in any industry um, but especially in fashion you need like I think it's kind of cycling back to that where the brands that have lacked vision have fallen to the wayside and you see like these smaller brands that are coming up that have vision, right? Yeah. And the customer's excited by it. And I think it's partially the climate we're in too, you know, where you can be a little bit more bold. Um, am I making any sense? <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I mean, you were basically saying that like these days, you know, maybe there are people out there and brands out there that are giving people a chance to, you know, stay true to themselves, basically. And, and what I and I guess what I mean about that is that this is still a two-part thing it's a creative business and I think I think as a designer especially when you're going to be working for other brands because I think it can go the other way too I've seen designers that are completely out of touch right and <laughs> they think they know what's best and they've run a company to the ground right so I definitely <laughs> think you need as a designer have 
a re like understand your place, especially in this marketplace, unless you're like designing for some big house where they truly need a creative visionary from beginning to end for them. I mean, even those places, they still have, they di still diffuse the vision for the masses, right? Even yeah. Gucci, LV, you know, everybody, they all do that. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's it's kind of about, especially as a designer, I mean, as a buyer too, you know, anyone in the industry really, you know, sticking with your gut is very important, especially with right. your vision, but you also have to know your audience. And right. there is a limit to that because, you know, some of us might, you know, you might have some quite out there ideas that maybe, I don't know, the consumer's just not ready for. And so it is about balance and about knowing like when to rein it in a little bit and when exactly. to accept when others need you to rein it in a little bit but yeah I mean I think to your point as well you know you were talking about the experience as well um do you feel like it was harder for you when you were first starting out in the industry to stay true to yourself do you think it was harder for you to I would I guess really wait did you have to sacrifice your values at all when you were first starting because you know you were new to this or were you very confident right from the get-go with your with your vision I think it it, it was it depended on each uh, job right and mm. I feel like there were some jobs that allowed for that and I will say I feel like places in New York were more willing to have you be a designer if and I'm putting that in quotes you know because I think a creative mind and how that can be utilized into commerce right and yeah I feel like there is a true because it's it's a long-standing uh history out of New York right that's like where American fashion has like yeah flourished right like the but, birthplace <laughs> right exactly so there's like you know long-standing institutions like the school I went to I went to Parsons you know and like yeah uh there's FIT out there and like you know there's like these schools that understand the marriage of the two things. And they, I will say they train you well and they understand. And I feel like other companies that hire you at a school from those schools, you know, or hire you, they understand that as well. And they want you for your creativity. Like the only yeah. time, the only time where I felt like it got, it was bizarre was actually moving back to Southern California, which where I'm from and getting jobs in LA. Like one of my first jobs coming back, they didn't even, they never made me do a project. They understood me and what it was about right away. And they could see how what I did would translate to what they needed. Right. I would bring something new to their design team. And I feel like, th but they were a lot of the, the person that hired me was, uh, you know, from Europe. And I feel like I'll be really, I feel like Europeans, have it again have a very similar you know asking for projects and things like that for no reason and I, I mean obviously we can go we don't need to go into that but I felt like that, that yeah that's definitely a, a another, huge topic but, I mean, but yeah I agree with you right but I feel like there was definitely you can see how a place that understands the marriage of creativity and business how they can do better how they continue business but the places that do not understand that have fallen to the wayside, unfortunately, you know, I mean, and I think, uh, unfortunately, a lot of brands here in LA have over the last, even before the pandemic, they were in trouble, you know, because there was no ingenuity, there was no newness, there was no constant, like, moving forward. And I feel like yeah. that's what this industry has had a reckoning, <laughs> especially because of the pandemic, you know, it's, yeah, it, you know, uh, the customer doesn't care, 
you know? And I think that's the part about like staying true to yourself is that, especially in this latest gig that I have, you know, where I've kind of, I'm definitely always conscious that this, these products need to sell, but I never limited myself about making it fun or even maybe humorous, right? Or maybe yeah. even making it joyful, I guess you would say, because, you know, I, I, you know, other places they would try to wrangle me in, but it's funny, then I went to Magic, the customers loved it. And I felt like it, go, it goes back to the saying about good art, right? They say yeah. great art. I'm not saying this about me, but I, I think it, and what I'm trying to make the point about is that other people understand when you're being real right they even within art and they can understand where it's coming from a true place and I feel like that's important in design as well when it comes from a place where you're happy to make it right you're happy to design this this isn't just like oh I'm I have to do 20 tech tech packs this week and you know where there's no joy in it anymore right yeah where it's like more of a numbers game right there's a lot of companies out there like that where it yeah. really is a number they're kind of seeing it's a numbers game like we have to design this amount per week or per month and actually you know really the the key to it is more about actually what's the best idea here and how can we maximize it rather than just churning out stuff for the sake of it um right and a lot of companies play it too safe you know they're churning stuff out but it's all really safe stuff or perhaps the company's structured in a way that you know, perhaps certain areas, whether it's design or, or wherever in the company, maybe don't get so much of a say. Um, and then 100%. like we were saying, collections can get diluted way too much. A hundred percent. And it's, it's like, where do you see the inspiration anymore? Where, you know, and I get that we, you have to like, it, it's a, it's a delicate balance, you know, and I definitely think, especially now it's, it sometimes just comes down to good intuition, you know, and I think your intuition sometimes is definitely informed by experience and living, you know, through this. So I think it's a little bit of And by keeping, you know, yourself in the game, really, because, you know, as, you know, whether you're a designer or or somebody else in the fashion industry, you know, you could be a, a stylist or a photographer, either way, you know, part of your role is you're keeping yourself very aware to what trends are going on what's going on around the world because that always will influence things and so you do have an intuition even if you don't realize it where you're constantly absorbing information you have to keep things interesting to jump off that you have to keep the customer interested more than ever you know with all, all social media we just see we're so bombarded by imagery all the time we get a resistance to the things that we've seen a million times and I think that's part of what some like numbers people which maybe that isn't their strong suit as creativity taking a leap of faith into something new even if everybody like I've been in situations like in design meetings where everybody will love this jacket I designed but they will think oh I don't know if the customer will be ready for it but then they took the chance and then it worked and I think that's the part where you there is calculated risk that is so important because you have to surprise the customer more I in my opinion more than ever fashion Mm-hmm. Even fast fashion has become like showbiz. You have to keep them looking. And if the moment they stop looking, you're done, you know? And I think that's the whole yeah. point. You have to surprise them. It's people, the customer's too savvy now, right? They, there's no, it's been proven that there's no brand loyalty to anything anymore. This next generation, they don't care. You know, they don't have to go to the mall to shop. They can go online and they have a massive amount of options. They are not... Yeah. And I think that's the biggest difference where I think a lot of the older 
structure of fashion, especially here in America, has had a hard time catching up because of a lot of these bigger mega brands that were, in, you know, that owned a bunch of different brands have had structurally internally have had trouble moving forward because they were never structured to move this quickly. You know, yeah. they, there's too many people involved and trying to please everybody's egos. Let's just be real, you know? And I think that's, <laughs> no, but I mean like, the, and I think though, this is like, these are the kind of honest conversations that you need to have to have a successful business because this isn't really about me, right? This is about me. My job is to give the customer what they want and make them happy about it and give them an emotional reaction. That is my job. I'm like, like, I don't see myself any different than like a hairdresser, a makeup artist. I'm here to enhance that person's day-to-day life. And I feel like if I'm not doing that, I'm not doing my job. And I think sometimes in, you know, these bigger corporate structures, like we were talking about earlier, things get diluted. Oh, does it meet this price point? Does it do this or this or that? But it's like, then what is this now? You know, why are you in how are you even thinking you're going to ever inspire the customer to shop with you anymore? Yeah. You know, they, they don't and they care. get, they get left with a, a ton of inventory at the end. <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know, and I'm, I'm being quite frank too, because I feel like before this, like right before the pandemic hit, I was interviewing places and, and maybe it's a little bit of like, I'm in a different stage in my career now and people are being more honest and frank you know, on interviews, but I, I was very shocked about how honest people were about the business currently, where they stood, how they maybe need to revitalize things. Like, you know, I think the writing was on the wall, on the wall right be- before the pandemic hit. And I feel like everybody was kind of feeling it regardless. You know, it it's, we live in a, everything's constantly changing. I mean, it's so cliche to say that right now, but it truly is that like yeah. every day there's a new app, there's a new way to shop. There's a new. Oh, it's moving. Uh, such a fast pace right now when you think about it wasn't that long ago that even some of the you know some of the famous you know high street brands like I don't know like Zara for example some of those I mean they haven't actually been around for that long right and then you've got the introduction of those plus social media all coming around about the same time was this like catalyst for you know what it's become now and it's just never ending you know like you were saying all the multiple ways to shop now um you know fashion and gaming are interlinking you know it's just so much it's kind of crazy um I have no idea you know what the future is going to hold for that and what's going to take off and what isn't but it it's pretty insane about all the options here and like you know you were just saying that Instagram things like that in fact you can just directly shop through Instagram now I mean that wasn't a thing a few years ago well you know, a lot of the social media side of it wasn't a thing a few years ago. So it's just escalated and some brands are able to keep up with it and some are not. Right. Exactly. And I feel exactly that. I mean, we're in a, we're in a technology renaissance, literally. And I think, you know, we're like the, who knows where it will go, but I feel like, I think this is the best time because it's almost democratized the playing field, right? It's, you know, these bigger brands, they have not been able to, a lot of them have not been able to move forward either because they are structured in a way where they have to please so many different people. But it's like, when does it just come down to making great product that people want to buy? You know? Yeah. And I feel like, and I get it. Everybody has a different idea of what beauty is and what what is cool or yada, 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 right? But mm-hmm. that's when it's important. And I think this is the key. Like, 
is like having talent scouts and people within your company that understand talent, right? They understand how to, to hire talent. You know, that's why I firmly don't believe in projects because I feel like they're insidious, you know, and I feel like yeah. a, a good, per, a, a company that has direction and vision will know what kind of person they need and they don't need to go delay the process. They don't need to like make you string you along for the, to me, that's a red flag. And I feel yeah. like people in the past because everybody obviously wants a job. Everybody wants to work, but do you want to work for a place that's going to fall apart in a couple months? And I think that's the reality of where people, and I think even employees and like, pe- like, I think there's a different relationship now with like, you know, designers and companies now, because more so than ever, they need to value us more than ever, right? Because we are the driving force to bringing in that cash flow, right? We are. Yeah. Like, I mean, it sounds, and I, I don't say that out of ego, it's just the tables have turned in a way where I think the structure, like, again, going back to what I said earlier, is like, this is showbiz now, you know, you gotta impress your customer. And if you're not yeah. impressing your customer and keeping them excited, you're done. You like, you might as well just throw in the towel, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And for anyone that's listening that doesn't um, know when we're talking about projects, we're talking about when you first interview for a company, the industry standard, unfortunately, has been for a very long time that they often ask you to complete a project for them during the course of the interview stages. Um, They can range from very easy, quick little projects to projects that take you over a week to do. Um, They're pretty much always unpaid. And companies basically ask for you to create them so that they can see if you would be fit for the role, which I mean, Sean have quite strong feelings about. (laughs) Because I'll be real. I think this is the moment, like in my opinion, like if you're asking for that, at at least look, I get, you know, but even here's the thing. I've hired people right out of school and I've never asked them for a project and they did great. I saw what they were able to do, where their talents were, and I knew how to utilize that ability and hone in and help them grow, right? Because that's part of my responsibility now too, as being in the position I am. Some, but some senior, some designers do not like to help other designers, right? Because they, there's this like competitive (laughs) nature, which I almost feel like that's completely outdated in itself as well, because there's really no, like, this this industry is so sensitive you could have a hot minute one 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 year and the next you're done you know because you've had a failed you know line and nobody's buying it and you know you need multiple minds and like creativity you need to nourish that creativity is what I guess I'm trying to say and I feel like 100 percent and there's no time for that you know yeah no, I we're literally agree. at a moment where there's no time. Like, and that's the that's the <laughs> wild part is that like when people, I hear people asking for projects, and and I've actually heard that people are kind of cycling back now. Companies have realized that it's a liability, you know, because of, you know, if they steal your work, you can go on Which social media now. They definitely you know, but, often do. <laughs> right, and I feel like it's not worth the heat right to do those things anymore because and I'm glad that some companies are understanding that and I think like it's people like us that are like the next generation I guess you'd say of management and guiding this industry forward will like will lead with better ethics and because let's just be real this industry is very unethical you know it's it's a lot of 
awful people and it, it, <laughs> say I mean, it like I, it is Sean <laughs> no but I feel like there, there needs to be this there needs to be this open conversation for for people to succeed and that's what I mean like yeah it's if we keep on lying and like pretending like that's like that people aren't stealing our work and blah 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 then nobody in my opinion you create a foundation that is not solid and then everybody that works with you you're on shaky ground and then then everybody loses their job. You know, this is about maintaining business and business has to evolve. And I think you have to meet the current moment to survive, right? Like yeah. you, people don't go into business to lose money, right? You go into business to make money. And I feel like that's the part where people and their egos, I really believe that that's been the driving force for a lot of brands falling apart because I've been at bigger brands and I've seen it internally. And I'm, it's just wild. It's just, it's amazing that like one or two people can literally drive a company to the ground. And then there's a bunch of layoffs and all these people that have worked so hard, you know, and yeah. they let go for no fault of themselves, you know? There's a question I was actually going to ask you that kind of fits mm -hmm. in with that perfectly. And I was going to, you know, without naming names, you know, yes. do you feel the challenges that we face when it comes to staying true to ourselves and sticking with intuition? Does it, you know, do a lot of the challenges we face come from, you know, upper management within companies? Is it just the industry model as a whole? Is it consumer demand? Like, what do you feel personally? Yeah, and I think it, it is literally all those things. But I think a good manager and good management is hip to what is going on, right? They don't ignore the current climate and the current uh, sensibility of a next generation of what they expect, right? Like, I have people that I've hired that are like, I guess you call them Gen Z and they definitely have dealt with different things than I have and vice versa. But I never, this is the other thing that I feel like your intuition will mean nothing if you're not a good manager, right? Or you're not a good uh, coworker. And I feel like there's a lot of people in this industry that are not good at working with other people. <laughs> you know? yeah. and, and I think more than ever, that's so integral. Well, I mean, I'd be interested to know if there were any specific challenges you remember during your career, you know, that you feel have really tested you as a designer or creative, you know, whether that's a comprom huge compromise you've made, whether, I don't know, maybe you felt like you weren't listened to at certain companies. I don't know if there's any particular challenge you remember from, from your career so far. There's been, obviously there's quite a few, but I, I guess there, there may have been like, I can say something like a trend, right? That maybe I saw it in pop culture going on, right? There was like a bubbling of a certain kind of aesthetic. And maybe even though this company was like trend focused, it wasn't a trend that they had tapped into yet. And maybe it was just a little too new, but the whole point of being in a trend focused business is to be ahead right and you want to kind of be ahead of your competition and I was pushing it pushing it pushing it and everybody you know the buyers internal buyers just didn't they were just like oh I don't know and it's because they hadn't seen it widely out there but I was like this is out this is like in music videos but that's again the key too you have to be hip to like what's going on outside of just fashion you have to know what's going on in cinema in my opinion you have to know what's going on in on TikTok, you have to kind of know what's going on, you know, in uh, like music videos and what other artists are doing, right? Because everything is feeding off of each other. But anyway, so long story short, it took them a while to bust through and agree to do some of these, go into production with some of these things that I 
did that were tapping into the certain aesthetic. And then it ended up being great. We had all of our customers ended up buying it and like, it was the right thing to do. And I think that's the part, it is hard because it's like, and I can see on a merchandiser or buyer level, how you make the wrong buy and it can affect your job, you know? And I get it. I get that there's a lot of that, but I think a good buyer and merchandiser, they, they're hip to the, to the trends as well. Right. And I think. Oh yeah. It's part of their job too. Right. But you'd be surprised how so many people do not, they're just, they're only looking in one direction is I guess what I'm trying to say. And I feel like you need, you need to understand what's going on around you, even in a bigger sense, because that's what our job is. It's to absorb and then translate, right. And give people what they want. Yeah. I mean, some of the best buyers and merchandisers that I've worked with so far in my career are the ones that keep their heads in in everything and are aware of everything going on as much mm-hmm. as the designers are. And they are the ones that have often surprised me because I will go to like meetings with them and we'd be talking about all these different things that are going on and how they're going to affect the trends. And they were completely on it, like knew exactly what I was talking about, were totally aware. And that to me signifies a really good buyer or merchandiser because you don't assume because of your role that you don't need to be doing that. You know, you get involved just as much as anyone else. And that that's what to me makes a really good, um, really good team. I would say teammate as well, because, you know, often as a designer as well, you're working very closely with those people. Um, in those roles and that's what makes a really good team when you join together and can you know work together really well like that I 100% agree I I, it's integral and I think going forward in this business I think that's where hopefully you know every aspect of everybody that works that has to make these creative decisions will you know you'd hope that these people will be as involved like you're saying that these other people were because I feel like that's the part where the disconnect happens you know when not everybody is on the same page you know and doesn't understand you know and can't decipher what's cool or not because I you know I feel (laughs) like there's I mean we're, we're in an industry where for the most part we design clothes to make people feel desired cool whatever right it's the it's all these things that you want people to put on themselves to project right and it's it's amazing to me though like that's been the biggest thing that i've been shocking to me in this business um is that there's sometimes there's a disconnect of that you know i feel like because people are just looking at numbers and spreadsheets and instead of just looking at something and just their own emotional reaction to it and understanding if it's something that's worth buying right because that's what it comes down to yeah it really is it's it's very personal thing Mm -hmm. um I'd be interested to know you know if there's any tips you have you know when you've been in those situations where you're trying to I don't know persuade a team about I don't know whether it's a trend or an idea you know do you have any uh, tips for I don't want to say persuading but it is kind of persuading them no it is you have to to go with yeah to go with your vision and I will say that is one thing that one of the biggest things that I got out of going to Parsons is they teach you a strong vision, right? And I would come with backup. I'd say, look, it's in this music video. It's in this movie. This artist is really hot right now. This is what they're wearing. I would come with visuals. That's what I would do. I would come with visuals, even like show them the music video on YouTube, show them why this is important, why people will want this. Yeah. And I think anything visual 
will help plead your case. You know, I think just come prepared. Yeah. I agree. People need to, especially when you think you've got to bear in mind in those situations, you are presenting a lot of the time to people that maybe don't have a creative mind like yours. And they actually just need to see whatever it is you're talking about right in front of them to even have any idea at all as to what you're talking about. Um, Right. And then it will click for them, you know, and then, and there's more times than that that's happened where you can have this idea, but only until you start bringing other ideas and, uh, pools and like things off the internet whatever you know does it start to click for the other people yeah totally so obviously you know you've been in fashion for a long time now how do you feel you know by trusting your gut and staying true to yourself like how has it paid off for you so far I know that um you know you've done very well recently with your with your current company it seems like everything is really working out for you so I'd love to know how you feel like all of this has come full circle and worked out for you in the long run yeah I feel I guess it was it's like anything in life you know I just had I'm I guess I just have enough experience under my belt finally to make you know even business decisions within this company as well and I think I'm just trust myself more you know Mm. I don't I don't think too much about it because I've realized sometimes and I know you know this as a designer sometimes you'll like (laughs) be so you'll labor over something you're like oh my god this is this is it like I this is going to be a hit and then it's not you know and yeah. then we're all guilty of it <laughs> yeah and I mean that's just the creative process right but of course I can't tell you at this job because I'm so busy I almost like go on autopilot sometimes and I'll just be like okay this seems cool this idea and let me put like I made this like sweater that had this field of mushrooms on it right an intarsia sweater and I literally did that (laughs) sweater in like an hour I designed it or less I did it so quickly it is like our number one thing and I was like what the hell (laughs) I was like that literally I just threw it out there because I was just like oh this is like a trend you know like psychedelic mushroom like that whole thing is a thing right now oh it's huge yeah right so I was just like whatever but the way I translated it into have being in the field and whatever and the surrealist thing, it just, you know, even the way I drew it, you know, sometimes when I do like graphic art, you know, I yeah. I get a little neurotic about it, obviously, because it has to be clean. And you know how it is when you send mm-hmm. artwork to a factory or whatever. Yeah. But this one, I just roughed it. I just went really rough. I just did it. I was just like, hope for the best. <laughs> it worked out. So... <clears throat> that's amazing yeah I think sometimes especially it's like that with like an idea comes to you like that and you're in full flow it just you know can come very naturally and very and very quickly like that yeah Um, I also wanted to so obviously I know about this because we've already talked about it before but you know you just had a really successful um event at was it magic I believe yes um Mm -hmm. and for anyone that doesn't know what magic is it's uh sort of a textile not textile sorry I'm thinking of LA textile fair in my head because I was talking to you about that shortly (laughs) ago um so it's basically where mainly wholesalers or brands come to exhibit their latest collection people come over and put in orders for their boutiques for their shops um I think even there are brands out there established brands like free people and stuff that go there is there not yeah and and actually a lot of like Urban Outfitters Group, even ASOS, um, all those bigger retailers come and shop 
the floor as well. So they come to find new brands, find new product, get uh, work with like places like us where we actually have the ability to do private label, which we got bigger like chains, like asking us through the show to do private label once they saw what we were capable of. So it's kind of like that. Yeah, it's it's like placing orders on things that you have showcased in your booth. And then, you know, sometimes they're inspired. So they're like, can we do custom? And then, you know, it, it kind of trickles on for that. Because I, especially this business, like that's really where it's at is doing a lot of private label, you know, for companies. Yeah, totally. And I think like from your experience from that, you know, you were quite pleasantly surprised by just how much, you know, people love what you were doing and sounded like it was a huge, you know, confidence boost for you and really confirmed, you know, that staying true to your gut so far has like really paid off for you. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I just, it's like, again, it's, it's like hard, like, you know, looking back at when you're like designing a bunch of stuff and you're just, you know, in a way you, I, I definitely had an overarching theme and what I needed to do, but, you know, especially in this marketplace, I kept things a little, you know, a little loose, malleable, you know, I didn't, I, I ebbed and flowed with like what I felt like, and that's the key too, by the way, your intuition, you need to like, definitely like ebb and flow and like be able to change course when you need to, you know, when it comes down to like designing new product, like we started doing accessories and that's what our biggest hit was. We, we, we added accessories into our, collection you know slippers and bags and things like that and that's really what drew a lot of customers in and that and that was my intuition seeing other plate you know seeing how these kind of things sell really well and especially in you know our our climate right now people are more willing to buy accessories and invest in accessories that are in a neutral plane you know what I mean like because you know clothing can sometimes be a little narrow and especially depending on fit and who you're, who you're aiming towards. And that's why like for the last few years at this place, I realized, you know, especially during the pandemic, I focused on knitwear and I focused on accessories, at least in this last year. So it's kind of reaches an umbrella of people and not so narrow, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, that sounds amazing. And that's what I brought to, no, no. And I mean, and that's what I kind of brought to this show. And I, I just, and I definitely, I think part of it too, is I naturally have a very graphic sensibility. That's what I love. Yeah. Um, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm pretty versatile on how I can design. I've been able to, I've worked from I, so many different kinds of brands, but this was kind of, and part of it is too, it's the moment right now. The moment is very graphic, heavy. It's very pop. It's very, um, at least in fast, you know, trend fashion, right? There's a psychedelic yeah. undertone. There's all these things that are like very fun for me. So, you know, I, I had fun designing it. So I guess it just translated into the clothing and the accessories. I think people sensed the fun that I brought to this, um, to this collection. And I think uh, that's why people responded so well to it. Cause it, they, you know, I saw they were happy, you know, when they were shopping the booth and it, and that, that, I mean, you know, as a designer, you don't really get those moments. Like, firsthand where you get to see a customer naturally shop your product yeah. you just don't yeah, like really reactions get, right you never really get that you know especially you know in the past I've worked for bigger brands so I've never really been at the store when everybody's bought you know it, you know you just don't get yeah. that and this was kind of like very eye-opening and informative as well you know and I think it informed me to be even a better designer going forward seeing what people responded to what they want and they would give me suggestions and I listen you know I I definitely I think that's important you have to listen to your customer 
Yeah. I mean, there's definitely something to be said in that, like that experience you had, I feel like would be so beneficial to anyone that is working in fashion. Cause you know, obviously most of the time you're sitting at a desk creating whatever, you know, off, sometimes you get to go out into the world and, and see what's going on, but to actually firsthand see people's um, reactions and, and feelings. I mean, there actually my first job I worked at, I think it was around Christmas time. I could be wrong. They, as part of what they did, they basically got all of us that worked for the company to do one day and working on the shop floor in store. Wow, um, that's smart, actually. Yeah, it was actually. And don't get me wrong. I mean, a lot of us, you know, weren't. Right. well do you know what I think a lot of us had you know done our time working at working on the shop working in retail and felt like we'd maybe closed the door on that (laughs) 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 but do you know what it was really really eye-opening because you know working directly with the customers they didn't necessarily know I mean I think we're able to tell them but they didn't necessarily know um that we were just there for the day, you know, from head office. And we got to learn firsthand, you know, what people were asking for, um, what they needed help with, looking at the demographic, you know, actually really was quite an eye-opening exercise. Um, And we would often come back and be like, oh, you know, actually, you know, customers a lot older than we envisaged or, oh, we had several people looking for this in particular and we didn't have it. You know, all of that's really useful information. So I do actually, as much as I'm sure a lot of us don't necessarily feel the need to go back to working in retail again like that, it actually was a really good experience and it's similar almost to what you were doing that you were getting that first-hand feedback from customers to a degree a hundred percent and exactly that and I I feel like you don't really get that you don't get that first-hand experience and I feel like and in a way it was the most rewarding part was that you could see that they were excited to put it in their store and I, you know I don't when you're in this industry for this long it's like it's a lot of things, right? It's a lot of mixed emotions, but it it, it truly is. And I think to go back to the basics, I guess you'd say, and like, just see people happy to shop. Like I, it's corny, but it was like, it was so rewarding, you know? Yeah. It felt, and of course, like it, it was like a confidence boost and, you know, of course an ego boost too, but at the same time, it made me realize like, this is why I like doing this. I like, people getting excited to try on clothes and, you know, express themselves through clothing. You know, I feel like I've always personally, that's why I love fashion is because I love to express myself through clothing. And I think dumbing things down and this and that, and, you know, so you kind of, you know, I think a lot of people, it's hard to find the inspiration, you know, after a while, but this was very, this was good for me in that sense. And I feel like, like you were saying, like, if you work for a bigger company, it'd probably serve you well to like ask to maybe like shadow a day on the floor if they owned, you know, physical stores. And Yeah. If they own physical stores. Yeah. I mean, and I I just think like it will only help you as a designer. Yeah. 100%. One of the things I want to finish up with you on is if you have really any advice for others, you know, how to stay your path in the industry, staying true to yourself. And on that, I kind of also really haven't, it's one of the things I haven't covered with you is actually staying true to yourself just in general in your personality as well, because that can definitely feel compromised Mm -hmm. in this industry. So I guess, yeah, any advice for those 
about how to steer their their path in the industry on both levels. Right. And so it's it's hard to say because I feel like a lot of people like I know in the industry and everything, it <laughs> I, I have to be frank, you know, I feel like it's 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 very hard and difficult. You know, this business is yeah. very hard. And I feel like especially like our age bracket, we dealt with like the trailing end of a failing system. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And and I feel like we're like here to like jump in and like propel it forward. And I feel like there are so many people doing that. And I feel like it is hard when there's all these, these unneeded things pulling at you. Yeah, you're right. And it's, I mean, you're, um, it's hard to continue to be inspired. And I think as a designer, what I've done in the past to keep myself in this business when things got tough, because I think this is a, a good part of answering your question, I think yeah. is whenever you're feeling a little like lost with all of this, because, you know, especially in the beginning of your career, you know, unless you have a great boss and like things are going well and a company that understands and values you, mm. it, it's, it just all depends on where you're at. Right. But I think yeah. what to me, the key parts of this business that have kept me going is working with great people, first of all, and I've learned mm. a lot from great, I've had the luck of working with really great people and all forms of this business along the way as well. I've had my fair share of awful people, but But there's been great people. And I've realized in this role, the things that I didn't even realize I was learning from them, I utilize that here, right? Like, what would this, what would this buyer merchandiser do in this situation in a way like, and I was, and I realized I was like channeling those experiences and being like, oh, she would do this, you know? And I think that's how you keep being inspired is by working with great people. And like what I recommend too, is like on the side, always do something for yourself creatively. Like, you know, a job is still a job. You're never going to be able to be like, not never, anything is possible. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, you know, I hate, but if you're working for like a bigger corporate entity or a smaller business, you know, you still have to work within the confines of, like a vision of the company right and I yeah. think to keep you as a creative inspired it's always good to have maybe even a side hustle or just something you do purely because it doesn't even mean mean you're trying to make money out of it it's just something you enjoy and I think when you do those things it in, it in turn helps your work because you're you're staying inspired like naturally in one part of your life right mm -hmm. so when you come to work I think you can bring those uh that kind of you can channel that energy into your work and I think that's important because that's how you that's how you keep going in this business in my opinion and I think like I'm I've been pretty good at doing that like there's you know in a way like <laughs> I love fashion but in a way it hasn't always been my biggest source of inspiration or love you know like I love cinema the most you know and I love film and I think that's a lot of my ideas and things come from cinema like I'll see things when I'm watching movies like whether I was watching um, that movie Suspiria the other day right and there was like yeah. this cool color blocking on a carpet in the movie and I was like oh my god those colors together are great and it, you know it takes place in the 70s the um the remake and I was like and you know the whole 70s thing is big right now so I was like yeah. oh my god that's perfect let me use that color blocking 
like color combo. And sure enough, it, like what I utilized in it, utilized it in ended up being a top seller for us. And I feel like that's how I keep myself inspired and motivated. Yeah. Well, you're bringing a, a fresh perspective too, because if you were only mm-hmm. ever having, like if you only ever kept your head and your eyes in, in fashion, then you wouldn't necessarily be bringing anything new to the table all the time. But, you know, from especially with someone like you, and, and there's lots of other people out there too. I know people that um, did like architecture at uni and ended mm-hmm. up doing fashion. Mm-hmm. Well, those people bring a very like unique perspective to working in fashion. And yep. I think like you were saying, having something on the side is so important, regardless of whether it's making you money or not. Um, because I think it, you can even, you know, working in a creative industry, you still can at times feel restricted and frustrated and there's nothing better than having your own little side thing going on or, or hobby where those restrictions aren't there anymore. It's completely whatever you want to do in your time without anyone standing over you saying that's not going to make us money or, right. <laughs> or I don't know that it's, you know, not commercial enough for them or whatever. I mean, that's half the reason I ended up doing pottery in my evenings after work was because I would get frustrated, you know, feeling so restricted and I would just love nothing more than just to sit there and make things. doesn't matter what they're for. I was learning something new and it was fulfilling like a create another, you know, creative side of me. A hundred percent. And I think as a creative, that is the true key is maintaining all those other aspects of your passion as being an artist like because I feel like for you know I think all of us when we get into creative businesses initially like when we're young we're like we're artists we're like pure you know what I mean in a way you know Mm -hmm. we're like we're we're just we want to do it because we're inspired and we're excited and then you know you go into a business and then you know you have to deal with numbers and things like that but I think that's the key is like keeping that childlike curiosity and people say this over and over again but it is integral I think even for fashion and I feel like people sometimes forget that that can apply here too you know because you have to be curious you have to keep all those other passions and you fuel those because like then in turn like I said I end up making decisions at my job that were inspired by the things that I was doing that I didn't even have any intention of bringing that into combining the two worlds right in my mind right and then it would just like things start connecting and then I feel like you start you start being inspired by different things and maybe not as cliched right because if you're only looking at fashion you're only going to probably regurgitate more of the same right and of course we all have to do that this is a business but I feel like being inspired by other things makes you hone in on those trends in your own way to separate you from the competition. Thank you so much to Sean for sharing his story and invaluable insights. I hope you are inspired by our conversation. As always, please don't hesitate to get in touch via social media via the handle at Fashion and the Free on Instagram and TikTok. And you can check out the website fashionandthefree.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe and thank you so much for listening. I'll see you on the next episode.
Hi, and welcome to the Fashion and the Free podcast, the show that pulls back the curtains of the fashion industry to reveal what really goes on behind closed doors, as well as teaching you some tips and tricks of the trade. I'm your host, Emma Gully, a fashion designer, consultant, and founder of Fashion and the Free. In this episode, I am going to be talking about what we've seen so far from the New York Fashion Week shows, as well as touching upon the sad recent events of the Queen's passing and celebrating her style throughout the decades. <laughs>